0: And welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel. We are, of course, talking about Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man, where all of this insanity began. And joining me on today's minute is Liz Whitaker from the Mean Girls Minute.
1: Hey, Liz. Hi. So, on my show, Uh every Wednesday... I we have to wear pink, oh. so I just want to let your listeners know that I'm on brand and I'm I'm wearing pink today.
0: I love that you are still doing that. I uh, <laughs> uh, maybe I should start wearing like red and gold uh, <laughs> for for while I'm talking about Iron Man. I'll have to change it every time though because it's always something new. I right, a it's, lot of it, green it, next year.
1: You know, I'm just lucky that there are these really hard and fast rules. <laughs> that go in my movie. So Wednesdays I have to wear pink. Okay, I can deal with that.
0: You can make that work. That's fantastic. Well, we are, of course, talking about Iron Man Minute number 38. On today's show, the minute starts with a guard finding out why it's a bad idea to try shooting Iron Man in the head. And it ends with Tony telling Yinsen to get up so he can go see his family.
1: Oh. Seems
0: like a hopeful moment, right? <laughs>
1: There's lots of moments that begin hopeful in this minute. Ugh. I've got to admire the pluck <laughs> of the go- the guy who sees Iron Man's arm stuck in the wall and thinks he's got an opening to end this all. He's going to walk up there with his pistol and accomplish what the guys with their giant automatic <laughs> weapons have not been able to just because it's now standing still. Right,
0: right. <laughs> What's funny about that is he doesn't aim for a crack in the armor. Like, he could have probably pointed it right into, like, the joints in the arms and found a little way to kind of get a bullet lodged into his shoulder or something. Or even, like, held the gun up from behind him down between his kind of neckline and shot down into his back. No, this guy decides, I'm going to point directly at the smoothest part of the helmet.
1: Yeah, I'm not even gonna. I'm not even gonna sneak up close enough while he's distracted right. to aim right in the eye hole of this mask.
0: I'm gonna shoot at the dome. Oh, what an idiot! What an idiot! But uh, you know, it, it's designed for comedy. This is one of those uh, moments that lets us know we're not in a horror movie. Like last minute, which really felt like the scariest minute so far in this movie. This is pure comedy. As the as the guard shoots him in the head, gets hit in his own head, knocking his hat off.
1: And oh, then you the get... hat bit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. And then you get that fantastic gong sound uh, echoing from the helmet. You know, it plays for laughs. And uh, to that end, I
1: guess it works, right? Yes, it, do- it does make me laugh. And when his hat gets shot off, I every time imagine the sound from like a cartoon <laughs> shooting range. <laughs> I don't know why I feel like this is a common thing in old cartoons. But where there were, it was the old, like, carnival trick where the things are going back and forth across and you have to shoot the tin can off.
0: Okay, right.
1: Apparently, there's a sound associated with that in my head. And that's (laughs) what I hear when his hat gets shot off.
0: I love that. It is such a specific sound for you. That's
1: (laughs) fantastic.
0: (laughs) Little glimpse into Liz's head, everybody.
1: It's a strange, strange place. (laughs) I
0: have to wonder though, when I hear that sound, what is going on with Tony's head? I would think that that, that gong sound echoing in his own head would be like deafening. Like I would think that he probably can't hear at least out of his right ear for a little while because of the ringing in it, but nothing seems to affect him as long as he's in his suit. And I think that's an interesting delineation that they make in this comic book world of, of Iron Man where, you know, he's in the Iron Man suit the man inside is not going to get hurt at all because he's in the suit
1: yes when he raises his mask later we do see because you know i would be also a little worried that he's concussed because he's banging his head around in there right but we do see that there's a sort of a leather cap that is hopefully doing something to stabilize his skull inside that big metal bucket
0: well that's something that I always wonder about like you know because I mean he's he deals with explosions you know the you know a couple minutes ago when the door was blown off there's there's flames and now he's getting shot left and right from from people running down hallways and and I mean he's just getting hit all over the place I would think that he's dealing with some issues from the quantity of bullets or just the heat of explosions but again it's designed to not affect him and I think that's a uh, I don't know. It's it's very comic booky to me, but it's a comic book movie, so it's it's fine. It works in the world that they're building here.
1: Exactly. They they do in one shot. It you can kind of see that there's some extra little welds over around where the ears would be, and I know it's because it's a joint connection. But you could also think that you know maybe it's because there's some extra protection there for his ears. He's got his ear protection. It's OSHA
0: approved. Right. <laughs> Well, this is a man who, I mean, you know, I mean, he's, he's been, you know, we we learned earlier in the film that he's this genius. He's been designing stuff since he was a young child and he's made robots and he's just, he's a very, very smart kid. He's been making stuff from scrap in this cave, but he's been here for months. And well, theoretically, it's never said in the movie, it's, it's said in the script that he, I think it was three months at least that he was here. Definitely a long time, long enough where he could probably smartly still design some stuff for safety. It's not just effective as a as an attack tool. There's still going to be some safety because he knows he's going to be the one wearing it.
1: And I feel like even if he hadn't thought to do that, I feel like that's the kind of thing where Yinson would have been like, "Okay, <laughs> right now this is this is wonderful. What happens to your head when you smack it on the side of it?" <laughs> right. <laughs> and Tony yeah, goes, "Oh, okay, okay, okay. I got it. Yeah, you're right. You're. right. I'll fix that."
0: <laughs> you're right, you're right, you're right I know you're right. <laughs> this is uh probably still Mike Justice, the Iron Man Stunt double, working as the Mark I walking around here, going through the motions with uh, everybody. I was not able to pinpoint it's very tricky with all these guards running around in the dark in this cave, trying to figure out who's who. I had a really hard time figuring out who any of these other actors were, but we do end up finally getting that shot that we talked about a couple minutes ago, that cutaway of Raza as he drops the grenade into his rocket propelled grenade launcher and walks out of his, I guess it's his office. I'm not exactly sure where he's coming from. (laughs) His side cave. Right. And, you know, I think it actually is the, um, the way that he kind of comes through the, the little, I don't know, plastic or, you know, he's kind of kind of got a little, it's not beads. You know, I would love to have imagined that it was a bead uh, uh, curtain a bead there, curtain. <laughs> but uh, it looks just like strings of plastic or something. But I think that's the video room that he's been watching every time we see him looking at the videos. And man, uh, this is uh, feranta here, again, playing Raza. And this guy comes out. He's so calm, cool, and collected. He is just like... He's born ready for this is what he looks like.
1: I just I can't see him as anything other than the Romulan first mate from Star Trek 2009. Even though I realize this movie came out first, (laughs) he will always be that Romulan to me.
0: Was he a Romulan? I thought he was the other starship captain.
1: Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. He was. He was the other starship captain.
0: But still Star Trek.
1: Yeah, it's that movie. Yeah, he's that. He's from that movie to me.
0: It's it's hard to go wrong with him in the performance there. He was so memorable as that captain in that movie. He
1: yes, he's the first to die at the hands of the Romulans. Right, exactly. That's there's the connection. There's with my the brain. connection,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> but he is so just a uh, vicious here, and just the way that he kind of stares down and waits for Iron Man to come around the corner with his launcher there. Uh, You know, he's pretty smooth. He knows. Well, that's uh, why
1: he's in charge. He's the one that knows you don't go running at the big metal monster.
0: (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) I go over to this website periodically to get information about weaponry, because I know nothing about guns or anything. I'm not of that world. And so I always go over to the Internet Movie Firearms Database, uh, which always has interesting information about weapons. You probably don't have to deal with that much over on the Mean Girls Minute, but... (laughs) But this movie's full of them. We have Raza. He fires this grenade, and this is what they say. Raza is seen with an h G36K fitted with a Heckler & Koch AG36 grenade launcher, which he fires at Stark in the prototype Iron Man armor, but misses and is knocked out by Stark's missile instead. Erroneously, the grenade fired is shown traveling like a rocket with a flame trail and a perfectly horizontal trajectory. Grenades are not rocket-propelled and travel in an arc. So there you go. <laughs> Huh. I would is never it, have known that.
1: Wait, but it, doesn't RPG stand for rocket propelled grenade?
0: <laughs> it does. And I think I called it that earlier, but it's actually not a rocket propelled grenade. This is just a grenade launcher This is a, on okay. this gun. So this is, and so okay. it would have been shooting a grenade at him, but it would have like been an arc. As it moved out, it would have been falling down toward the ground a little bit.
1: All right. So there was just a bit of a, a semantic issue with that description. I was like,
0: yeah. And that's, because it
1: made it sound like none of them are rocket propelled. Oh, like, right, right. Wait, I know an RPG is a thing. Or is that just video games?
0: Right. But but yeah, I mean, we see him in the minute. You know, he's putting it's not like the thing that they usually do. It's like the little grenade shell that he drops into. The yeah. Thing. I don't know. I'm talking like I know what all of this is. And it
1: just it looks cool. They've got to have if they didn't have that flame trail, we wouldn't be able to follow it with our eyes. Yeah, Right. There's no way. So, yeah, that's it's got to it's got to serve this in service to the story.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: We've got to use our weapon a little incorrectly.
0: What's nice about this moment, though, is this is where we see that Yinsen is not dead. It's a reveal that is really nice because the way that it was left for us is we saw Yinsen come around the corner a couple minutes ago, see all of those guards in front of them, and we hear them kind of cocking their guns, and we assume that Yinsen's about to die. And then we cut back to Tony as the suit powers up and he starts his charge. This is finally that moment we go, Oh, Yinsen's not dead which is really nice because it allows for a moment here, which is, is pretty touching. Granted, Tony first has to take care of Raza, an interesting explosion that takes the ceiling down onto him.
1: Yeah, because otherwise you're not super sure how... You actually have to really look at what's happening to catch that, that he gets buried under ceiling.
0: It Yeah, it does play... It's kind of tricky to kind of watch and see, and I don't know if I even noticed that the first time. It looked just like Tony shoots that... That rocket at him, it explodes the wall right next to him. We have a huge fireball, and then he kind of disappears. And I, I, I think that I just assumed that he fell to the floor after that. <laughs> I don't think I realized that a giant chunk of ceiling falls and lands on top of him.
1: Yeah, it took me several several times. The first couple times, I was like, did he just disappear? <laughs> right. Is he outside? Right. Is he still alive? <laughs> did he duck? I don't
0: <laughs> And it's interesting because in the script, it's written as a little bit more of a duel between these two guys, which is is kind of interesting. We have – and also, it's just interesting the way that Raza acts. It says, Raza, heading down a tunnel with an RPG, a wounded guard grabs onto him, jabbering. Raza shoves him aside. Tony turns into the main chamber and sees Jensen on the ground. Jensen yells at him, stop, stop. Tony stops, and an RPG whizzes past his nose, exploding in the wall next to him. He turns and sees Raza in the intersecting tunnel, calmly loading another RPG. Tony primes his flamethrowers, but they malfunction. Both men square off. Raza aims, but now Tony's flamethrowers kick in, and Raza flattens as twin plumes of fire envelop him. He screams, grabbing a dead soldier as a shield. Uh Tony turns, clearing insurgents out of the tunnel with his flamethrowers, and he returns to Yinsen. So... Yeah, it's a little less rockety and a little more burny.
1: <laughs> That's pretty graphic.
0: Yeah. And and I know well, yeah, it's it's it is an interesting way to kind of end him. And yeah, I I feel like just, just flat out setting the guy on fire might have been just a little too much. And and the rocket, you know, exploding yeah. the wall next to him is obviously yeah. awful, but I feel like maybe a little more in the PG13 world for the for the kiddies watching with their parents
1: Right, I think I think having him burn to death and be screaming in the background is maybe a little too much. That might have been too much for pulling me. pulling I, dead I bodies mean, know, on top of him. Yeah, I know we're gonna see people catch on fire, but this is like close quarters. We could still be able to hear him.
0: And he's a guy that we know, and it's it's always different when it's a guy, just right. some random guard who gets you know set on fire is like ah, and then runs out of screen this is a guy who we know and it's it's almost worse even though he's the bad guy to kind of see him kind of lighting up like that
1: yeah it would make me i think it would make me feel less on tony's side
0: yeah right yeah something about the rocket feels a little just a little more clean i guess i could Impersonal, say yeah something maybe? yeah and it, it totally isn't but
1: <laughs> like right I'm also amazed at how uh, they're just launching rockets and missiles at each other. And this cave's a champ, right? It's just pieces of it fall down, but it is still structurally sound.
0: Well, as we know from having a a floor as smooth as this one has,
1: they've been (laughs) using
0: this cave probably for hundreds of years to (laughs) to get the floor that smooth. (laughs) They didn't have to shore it up at all. So so Raza gets killed, and then we have the poor Yensen lying here in what looks like a giant pile of fifty kilogram bags of wheat marked by the U.S., which makes me think that it's like food drops for
1: foreign aid. Yeah, yeah, foreign
0: aid that these guys have been pilfering. It's quite a pile. I mean, here he is lying on it, and it actually, it looks like he's grabbed a bag and is kind of holding it on his chest, kind of covering his wounds to kind of try to stop the bleeding as much as possible
1: yeah i hope it's rice not wheat though because otherwise the things around his shoulder wound are way more disgusting (laughs) if it's not rice (laughs) if that's wheat and not rice that means he's already been discovered by maggots oh (laughs) i don't want to think about that
0: that's awesome (laughs)
1: because we do get one shot where there are little white things around his shoulder wound oh and i I gotta, I got, I need that to be rice. <laughs> <laughs> Just
0: don't want it to be maggots infesting his. I mean, wounds it doesn't already.
1: see he. Yeah, he hasn't been there long enough for it to really be maggots, unless the bags were already also filled with maggots. Right. So there's a lot of implications here. There One, really I don't want to yeah. think about it being magnet ma, maggots, not magnets. <laughs> Two, if it is maggots, I don't want to think about anyone sending food aid that's riddled with pests. to countries that really need it
0: (laughs) yeah right here's some food for you sorry it's got maggots already
1: (laughs) we're gonna hope that it's mixed bags some of it's wheat (laughs) some of it's rice and he just happened to pick up a rice one and it you know had a hole in it
0: exactly exactly we do yeah because it looks like the one that he's laying on with his head it's got a bunch of i mean it makes me think it's wheat back there at least because it's like little brown things and stuff Yes, which, those are different. Yeah, which feels a little different. So I think that he's probably okay for there. But, yeah, you don't want to imagine that uh, these things are full of maggots. That's just... Uh, yeah,
1: it's a mixed pile of food. You're right. That's We're just going to go with that.
0: Exactly, exactly. The only other note that I had was for the shot of Tony when he ignites the rocket on his arm to, to shoot at Raza. I can't help but think that well one I think that that shot that particular shot of of the Mark 1 suit igniting the rocket is completely CG. It just the way that the lighting on it and everything around it mm. looks, it looks like a CG shot. Which really it, it doesn't bother me. It's it's fine uh to see it play out that way. But mainly what I what I really love is I don't really fully understand how he's igniting the rocket. It it makes me feel like it's on like a little uh, pull cord or something and he has to reach up <laughs> and like was... yank the end of it to make the rocket launch or something because the way he cause he runs his hand across his other arm to shoot it, it's such a funny action, but it looks cool and I guess that's all that matters.
1: <laughs> he, he somehow makes it work. <laughs> it, it almost feels like he's doing to me like a pump action shotgun motion. I don't or yeah. something weird like that.
0: It's some strange little move. Like he opens the flap on his arm, and then, yeah, it's it's like he does. some It, it is like a pump action thing, or like he's striking the a match on it or something. Oh like yeah. The way that he's, okay.
1: Yes. It looks like maybe he's got like a a flint, a piece of flint up there on his.
0: <laughs> he's got to use forearm. the old flint and <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the <laughs> flint trick. Although you know what? I mean, he's got the pilot light. Hmm. And it's, it's the perfect spot for the pilot light to be oh, hitting Oh, it, that's it's what he's doing. Like he's, he's
1: dragging the pilot light across the end of it.
0: That is totally what he's doing. It still makes me feel like he's lighting a firework out of his arm.
1: Oh, yeah. And but. the way he does it is really, it feels like really, it's a slashing motion that he probably didn't need. But that makes it uh, more aggressive and look more like a he's striking something.
0: Yeah, right. All of it works in context of this suit because everything is supposed to be rougher and more slipshod and it all ends up working. I think that the way it all plays out is actually really fun and gosh, I just love it. And then we get the final moment as Tony opens his mask and we see Robert Downey Jr. And this is the moment between him and Yinsen. But I think we can probably talk about that tomorrow. What do you think?
1: I think we can.
0: All right. Well, Liz, why don't you tell everybody uh, where people can find you out on the interwebs?
1: Sure. You can find me at MeanGirlsMinute.com. You can subscribe to my show that way. Or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at Mean Girls Minute and learn about who's going to be on the show each week and maybe see some bad Photoshop from the movie. (laughs) Uh,
0: that's always fun always a good time
1: (laughs) yeah that's the most commonly shared thing is bad (laughs) photoshops i've i've done because of something i said in a minute
0: you're creating your own memes
1: (laughs) uh yeah (laughs) i actually i put the gritty the philadelphia flyers new mascot i photoshopped a bunch of gritty heads on the girls over the winter talent show scene and i picked up a lot of interest from gritty fans oh really yes it was <laughs> a whole new avenue for finding fans
0: oh that's so funny whatever will work
1: i whatever guess work. yeah I, who knew
0: yeah. <laughs> right right fantastic well thanks for joining me again today I appreciate it and uh, we will chat some more tomorrow but for now everybody that is it for today's show so thanks for tuning in Make sure you subscribe to the show for free over at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room, and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next reel And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash The Next Real. Until next time, true believers.